You're listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. Jarrett McNeely is in the house from Church at the Mill. Jarrett, what's going on? What's going on, Lee, man? It's an honor to be able to meet with you today and have this time together. I'm excited about this time, so uh, let's get right to it, man. I'm I'm pumped to tell you all about connections and what we do here in that world. All right. Well, you're a recovering student pastor from the past, and so I, I want these guys to know who you are. So tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. I have a bride. Her name is Julie, and we've been married almost 25 years. It's a uh, uh, a blessing to be married, and we have a tremendous uh, family, three kids. My oldest got married last September, and they're here with us in this community serving, and he's working. They're working hard as, as a young married couple. We're proud of them. And then uh, I have two more kids. My middle son, Jonathan, he's at North Greenville as a junior. And then our daughter, Caroline, is a freshman at North Greenville. They're both uh, studying there to uh, pursue ministry, and oh, so wow. we're looking to see what God's going to do with them. Jonathan will be working at a summer camp this summer, and Caroline has an internship she's working with this summer through a church. So we're excited for them. Great to see them serving and plugging in, uh, getting active in church. Well, I'm sure it's the you know the best 25 years of your wife's life life uh these these marriage years for you so congratulations here moving towards yeah that, that we're kind of semi-empty nesters now so uh my wife yeah. decided she wanted to go get a dog so you know now it's <laughs> me and julie and the dog it's really cool to be in that life <laughs> i love it now now do your kids have the scholarship from the south carolina baptist convention for vocational ministry that's a great question and yeah. um you know my my question to them is, you know, I have told them about it and I kind of <laughs> let them on that as they're, you know, wanting to be an adult world. Yeah. And so as a matter of fact, I've had that conversation with my daughter specifically uh, today. I and love so, it. I love uh, it. Yeah. Well, just a little I'm, shout I'm out. I'm expecting her to, to send that in. That's awesome, man. Yeah. If you're listening in and your, your child is pursuing a uh, call into ministry, there's a scholarship with uh, Baptist churches around the state. So that's got nothing to do with the broadcast, but Hey, um, just thought I'd give a little plug there uh, as you That's got right. a couple of a couple of kids that are uh, pursuing a call to ministry. So what do you like to do for fun? Tell you what, man, I'm a fisherman and uh, love to get in the stream up in North Carolina, South Carolina streams to go trout fishing. Nice. And uh, catch some, you know, rainbows, some browns, some brooks. Uh, just find that to be very peaceful. Also like to uh, get in my kayak and go to some ponds and rivers and lakes and, uh, try to catch some bass around here. It's that time of year and I'm uh, itching to go. So that's kind of my go-to right there. All right. Now, so are you a fly fisherman or what? I do not uh, use the fly. We use ultralights and uh, uh, we, we, uh, we do the full speed ahead, get in the stream, wade down the stream and, uh, you know, catch our limit. And then we go, uh, if we, if we keep in, we're going to, you know, cook them up and have a great meal together. That's awesome. And if you don't catch a lot, then it's just a lot of grits. Man, if we don't catch a lot, it's a great day in the stream. It's so peaceful and beautiful. You get to be a part of God's creation. And I just always value that time just getting away and, you know, being being in the stream. Oh, that's great. Well, tell us about your role at Church at the Mill. 
Absolutely. Yeah. As a connections pastor, I've been in this role for about three years now, a little more than three years. Uh, Originally, I was hired as the family pastor to oversee all the family ministry. And that was a fun transition to uh, be a part of the church mill at that time. But uh, when we were coming into our new facility in 2019, there was a need for the Connections Pastor role as we were seeing tremendous growth. We were seeing tremendous um, need for the systems and processes to be developed in this ministry. And so leading up to uh, getting into the building, it was it was a really crazy time because my world really had been in family ministry for you know twenty plus years, and so uh, transitioning to a world that you know I really haven't been in a whole whole lot other than just the natural part of being a pastor and connecting families in our church. We were coming into a multi million dollar building. We were creating teams that we had not yet used, and we were going to use them in a building that we had not yet experienced. And so we were leading up to that moment of Palm Sunday 2019 when all of this had to be in place. And so it was a tremendous time of just uh, exploration of what this ministry looks like. It was a tremendous time of developing uh, all the systems and processes that needed to be in place, all of the teams recruiting, training volunteers that we had not had um, previous to that in those roles. And so it really gave me a time to go and and reflect, what does this need to look like here? Uh, What is our identity? I think that when you're looking at the connections ministry in your church, I think you have to look and, and take an honest look and say, who are we and, and what is it that we need to uh, assess in this ministry? So we took off and we went to observe some churches around that had already established this ministry. And it gave me a great idea on the full pendulum swing of what churches were doing in this ministry. That was relatively new to me. So we came back, we developed the philosophy, we developed the the all of the inner workings that we needed to to make a part of this strategy and plan so that when we open the doors to our new facility, that we would be ready, we would be prepared. One of the greatest things that uh, we try to do is to be prepared on a Sunday morning to receive people, because if they know that you're ready for them, that will speak volumes when they come onto your campus and they will know that you're prepared uh, to receive them as a guest. So yeah, in my role as Connections Pastor, um, it really has kind of been set to be that uh, I oversee teams on Sunday morning, the ushers, greeter teams, and we have several, and then we have safety teams and we have parking teams in place. So those those main teams uh, are the ones that I support on a Sunday morning. And then I'm also involved with the the process for how we go about contacting our first-time guests and how we follow up with them. And then the process for seeing our, our folks that are interested in new members and how we can move people into uh, the membership of our church. And so all of those things are on my, on my plate um, on a regular basis. Well, let's unpack some of that because they say that in the first five minutes of coming to a church situation, a person has already made the decision on whether or not they're going to come back. And uh, which takes a lot of pressure off the preacher. You know, he could he could preach a pretty bad sermon that day and 
um, you know, as long as there's been some people that actually care that they were there, then uh, mm-hmm. they might end up coming back. And so, you know, I, I get to visit churches all the time. I love to uh, to be anonymous at first so that they don't really know who I am coming to a church um, just to be able to experience what uh, guests and those who are far from God might experience if they did finally make the decision to take uh, take somebody up on an offer of an invite or or maybe just are going through a crisis moment or move, new to an area. And, and what I've noticed is that there's there's some different extremes. Some, they don't even know you're there. Um, they, they you, you walk in, you could probably walk in, walk out. Nobody even really even noticed you were there. Now, the smaller the congregation, uh, the more people might notice that you uh, don't belong there. <laughs> and, and then uh, and hopefully, hopefully somebody comes and actually asks you what your name is. But I've been to some large churches where I had no less than 23 people say hello, but nobody really cared what my name was nor what, uh, nor anything about my life, nor, uh, whether or not I ever came back. It was almost, it almost seemed plastic at times. And that's, uh, and th- I'm talking about churches outside of the South Carolina, of course, Jerry, as, yes. as I've been able to do my travels. Uh, at the end of the day though, um, I think it's extremely important your role. So let's just unpack that first, you know, those first five, 10 minutes of, of just engagement. What are, what are some of the things that would be helpful for, for churches to really consider? Yeah, no doubt about it. It is very important to make that first impact uh, right off the bat. Of course, that begins for us when you're talking about coming on our campus, that begins right in the parking lot. We want to make sure that our parking team and our parking lot, uh, that there's clear signage, that there's a clear direction given and that it's uh, it's clean and neat, you know, and we want people to uh, quickly be able to get out of their cars once they're on our campus and to be able to to navigate the parking lot into the building. You know, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the parking lot, and I think that's important, but I think you can overemphasize certain areas and overdo some things. And to me, I really want to be able to help people to navigate the parking lot easy, easily so that they can get into the building quickly. That's our goal. I really don't want to hold people up at the front door. I really don't want to hold people to a certain point because they're new. I don't want to necessarily uh, highlight the fact that they're new. You know, to me, I one of the things that I learned in the process of uh, hearing how different churches and seeing the pendulum swing of all the connections world that is out there, there was a, a, a segment of uh, churches that decided, you know, we, we want to honor the people who want to be anonymous. So if they don't want us to know who they are just yet, just come on in and come to worship. We really don't want to hold you up by making you fill out something or making you identify yourself. If you want to anonymously come for a couple of weeks because of your circumstances that you might be going to through, we want to honor that. And so we make that possible by saying, we're not going to force a new person to absolutely park in guest parking. If they don't want to, it's available and it's there, but we don't absolutely force you to. You can park wherever. You just park and come on in. You know, but the, the people who want to use guest parking on their first experience, that's great. Come on in. Use that parking. It's great. But when you get in the door, you're going to see several layers of folks that are going to take care of you. There's going to be people at the door. There's going to be the greeter who's going to smile and welcome you and greet you. And if you have questions, they can help get you the answers that you need. There's going to be a kiosk for the people who want to stop 
and want to get information about where, where to take their kids or information about getting into that small group. And so that person is designed with a, to have a lot of in-depth information, but they're also designed to be a host of sorts. And they're going to host that family. They're going to walk with them to the kids area. They're going to help them to have a sense of belonging and befriend them in the process when they're coming into a brand new building and they're seeing this space for the first time, it can be a little overwhelming, but when they have a person who's a friendly face and can guide them into the areas that they need to go into, then they, they'll feel more comfortable. And so then we na- help them navigate from kids area all the way to uh, the worship center. So we, we really want to be there um, not to just let them go about their way and hopefully they'll find it. We, we walk with them through the building so that they can feel comfortable enough and know that we are gonna, we're going to take care of them. Another layer that they might experience is our next steps layer, and that is on the exit. So as people come out of uh, the worship center after the worship experience is over, we have people stationed in uh, strategic places so that if they have questions about a next step that they might want to take, maybe they have questions about salvation or baptism. Maybe they have questions about what our membership process is. You know, these kind of things are important for people who are brand new and, and we have people ready. Uh, for them to engage in those conversations. And so it's just providing those uh, those many layers of guest services. And, and it's not just simply placing somebody at the front door with a smile on their face. It's intentionality. And I think you can create those layers with the intentionality of training those leaders to be about these conversations so that when they have those opportunities with new people, they can easily guide them and, and help them to discover the answers that they need. But I'll tell you this, Lee, one of the things, and I'm going to tell you uh, before that first 10 minutes or five minutes before they come into uh, your space physically, I'll tell you most stats today will say they'll visit your website 10 times before they actually step foot on campus. Wow. That's so a great that, point. Yeah. That that's a huge deal. Um, we're seeing, that our website has to be updated. Our information has to be correct. Everything has to be on point. And they judge us even before they get yeah. onto our campus by uh, the information on our website. That's a good word because I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, it, it's kind of like, a, a, you don't sometimes remember what your, uh, what your home phone number was if you got a cell phone because you never use it, you never call yourself. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the things that I see with websites is because you already know all the information as a pastor, you don't really even access your own website because, you know, what, what's the use? Uh, I, I've actually found that uh, setting it as your home screen for your computer so that it forces you to see it every time you pull it up um, is a great indicator of, um, I mean, it's a great way to, to, to just recall uh, you know, what's actually happening on the website for a guest, because that's, that's what they're checking out before they ever get to you. I think that's a great point. That is the new, that's, that's the new parking lot. And um, it really so is. got to be engaged, ready to roll. That's, that's well, one of the point. things you we were, found out is we have the connection pieces in our house ready on our webpage so that people can connect on our webpage the same way they would if they were here in person. So they can see what are my next steps? They can see the connection card that we can ask them to fill out. They can see all of these pieces that are in place when they're going to get here. It's going to have symmetry. And that's what uh, is really, uh, you know, keeping the processes simple enough so that no matter if they're 
plugging in online or if they're coming in person, obviously we prefer for them to come in person because that's going to be the greater experience. But if for some reason they're homebound or for some reason they're out of town and they need that online experience, we want to also connect with them through those means as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Well, you know, for, uh, for a lot of churches, the, um, the back door seems to be as wide as the front door. And uh, a lot of people in a lot of churches will, will, will have some growth. They'll have some people potentially even get baptized, but they, they tend to stay the same size year after year after year. And um, so let's just talk through a little bit of that. You talked about, um, you know, seeing this ministry through the lens of uh, pastoral shepherding. And, um, and not just the nuts and bolts of, hey, do we have enough greeters? Do we have some people that are in the parking lot telling people what to do? You know, um, do we have our, our guest cards and our guest gift ready? Uh, and so um, talk, talk me through what you mean by that. Well, I tell you, we really emphasize utilizing our pastors to make our first impressions and to make those connections. And we do that as quickly as we possibly can in, in a couple of ways. You know, one of the things that uh, people are blown away by is, is that, uh, you know, that we actually want to engage with them in between the service times, you know, and that pastors are readily available in the areas where people are congregating and we, we're engaging them on a regular basis, not just our regular people that we're familiar with, but newer faces. And, uh, you know, we, we encourage them even in the service that they should come out and, and meet Pastor DJ possibly on their first or second service. And, and that's an opportunity they have because he wants to meet them. And we love to encourage people to do that. One of the things that uh, I will personally do um, right in the moment, as soon as I get word that we have a, a family who's brand new, if we have their connection card, we call it. That's how we gather their information. You know, one of the things I'll do is while they're actually in the services, contact them by way of text. And, and I try to get to a, each and every one of them to say, look, we're glad you're here. Um, you know, the reason why we do that is because we want to make a pastoral connection right off the bat. Another reason why we do that is we know we have a, a, a large facility and people don't expect us to reach out to them in that moment and make it a personal contact. But I will make it a personal one-on-one -on -one contact that I'm the connections pastor and I'm here ready to help you um, even in this moment. And so... When we send that kind of a message, it really honestly surprises people. I've gotten texts back to say, is this an automated system or is this a real person? <laughs> and they really wow. are not expecting it, but it's just our way of saying, look, we want to be about new beginnings and real relationships. This is not just a slogan that we say. This is something that we're about. And we're going to show you that as quickly as we possibly can without being too in your face about it. We want to be on your terms about it, but I'm here for you. And so when people um, sense that we're real and genuine and authentic in that, um, they respond. And right off the bat, we have a connection, not between, not that it's bad that volunteers have connections with our new faces, but they also have a connection with our pastors right off the bat. So that's a real value point for people that are coming here. They want to know uh, who they're spiritual shepherds are going to be. Um, and so we, we established that right off the bat. That's good. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to have a ministry in place and have a few volunteers that are friendly. Um, it's another to uh, create a culture mm -hmm. um, 
of, uh, of hospitality, a culture of welcoming, a culture of care and compassion for people. Um, how have you seen that permeate from like your heart and DJ's heart, uh, some of the other pastors to, um, to, to your team, and then eventually to your entire church? Well, one of the things we do with our volunteer teams is we really emphasize uh, pastoral care amongst the team, but in general, amongst our people. And so they're not there just to perform a task of greeting people or pulling off a task of parking cars. You know, if we know that one of our team leaders comes to us and says, hey, I've got a I've got a teammate who, you know, is going through a surgery or a major medical situation or he's got he's lost a loved one and and uh, they that comes to our attention. Well, that's something that we we use as a, an opportunity to, to to use pastoral care in that situation. We'll reach out. Obviously, we'll cover them, but but not only the pastors, but the team uh, does a great job of caring for each other. I can brag on our usher teams that do a fantastic job at being in the lives of each other and knowing when there are times that, you know, we need to, to provide some care for our teams. And so it, it's incredible to see them. One of the ways that we have built a culture for that is, is easily on a Sunday morning, our teams get together before they serve. And they talk about the, you know, the uh, information that they need for that Sunday. They talk about um, what they need to focus on there, but they also spend the time in prayer together. And so it, it bonds them together uh, by way of, uh, you know, being, being in community, being in fellowship together, knowing that they're going to have each other's back when it comes to needs in their life. And so this, this is how we create that culture of not just performing a task and being on, on duty to smile, but we, we have a culture that says, hey, we want to take care of our people. Oftentimes, I learn about things in people's lives through my guest services teams. They'll bring me information on somebody that they know, and therefore, I'm able to take that to our pastors, and we're able to take action steps. So it's really That's incredible uh, that they have that our people have that mindset of caring for one another. And, and, and when we have new people who come in, um, they instantly bring them into the fold and say, look, you know, we're, we're going to care for you too. We've had people who are brand new here that mm -hmm. were, were cared for in a way because of a situation in their life. And it was because our people were just so ready to, to be in, in place, to be the hands and feet of Jesus for them. And so we create that culture by, by, carrying ourselves in a pastoral way and handing that off to our leaders and saying, look, you can lead out in this as well. And this should be your yeah. primary focus. That's great, man. You know, I mean, you guys have incredible, I've been, I've, I've been church at church at the mill and, and I had the opportunity to, to speak there. You guys have incredible worship. Uh, you know, I know, you, I know DJ and the pastoral team does an incredible job uh, preaching uh, but at the end of the day, uh, what's impressive is the friendliness of your people and uh, and also the intentionality that you expect for a guest to be there. And um, and you're willing uh, to, to do the long game of uh, of work to build relationships because you, you know, actually care about people. And so um, I, I commend you on that. But I, I know that there's a lot of churches out there and a lot of guys maybe even listening going, man, I can't hire a, a Jarrett McNeely to come to my church. 
but the reality is you've got some individuals within your church right now that, um, that have this gift of, of uh, hospitality and even have the gift of organization. And, um, and if you actually unleashed them and said, hey, I want you to be our connections uh, shepherd, our connections pastor, um, and, and maybe they can get some tips from, uh, from Jarrett and the team here. They're always willing to, to help. And, um, and then use a volunteer, but give them a staff position uh, to be able to do that. And so, Jared, just as we close, any final thoughts on um, anything that we talked about here today? Yeah, man, I want to say on that note before uh, my final thought, I would just like to offer my uh, services. If, if anybody out there has uh, some needs in their churches and you want to come and ask, uh, you know, what, what we're doing in some situations, maybe you want to expound upon some information we've talked about today, I'm available. I, I actually am forming some uh, some folks, uh, kind of a connection subtle in, in our area uh, that we regularly get together and talk about these concepts with other churches. I'm networking with many churches that are brand new in this um, area of ministry, and uh, I just want to be available. I know that everything that we're doing here might not be something you want to do there, and I encourage that. I want you to build your own, and so I will tell you what we're doing and say, look, you you build what makes sense to you. But um, I just want, you know, and I'll give Lee uh, permission to give out my contact information if uh, you guys want to reach out and uh, find out what we're doing here about certain ministry areas that we've mentioned. I, I mean, I'm an open book. I'm ready to, to network in any way. I want to see our state be the best it can be in this area because I really believe that if we have a heart for people, when they come in our doors, that they should, they should not be turned away by our people. They should. You know, you know, the gospel is going to be offensive enough in a lot of ways. Our people should not be. And I want you to understand that, you know, what we're doing here, anybody can do. And it, it is it is very scalable. And um, it's something that anybody can do in any setting. Uh, and that's what excites me is to see that uh, we can grow this ministry in our state, in our churches. And I believe that we have the resources to do that. My final thing is this. You know, I tell our people all the time, everybody is on the guest services team. If you want to build the culture, build the culture around everybody in your church is on the guest services team. Whether you're scheduled to serve as a greeter or not, we have a responsibility to welcome people into our churches and help them to have a sense of belonging where they can experience and hear the gospel in a clear, uh, in a clear way. And so that's our goal. I tell our people all the time, let's remove all the obstacles so people can come in and have a clear path to the gospel. That's what it's all about. And everybody can do it. That's great, Jared. Thanks for being on the show today. Man, it's been a blessing. I appreciate our time. Look forward to seeing what God's going to do. And uh, let's keep pursuing uh, gospel kingdom growth together. That sounds good. Well, until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel. Advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.